I'm going to share briefly on baptism and actually Jesus' baptism. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where somebody is really, really wanting to honor you, but actually you should be honoring them? Those moments are awkward, right? You're kind of clumsy. You're not really sure what to do, what to say. Perhaps it's a member of the royal family. Perhaps it's a celebrity or a star. Someone that you've met, and they're showing honor to you, and you're like, oh, your time's more valuable than mine. I really should be honoring you. Well, that's what John the Baptist found himself in when he went to baptize Jesus. It's in each of the Gospels. There's the Synoptic Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And it's also, it's not in John's gospel, but I want us to take a moment to explore it in Matthew 3, verses 13 through 17. The word reads as follows. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to do this for me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and resting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. Now, just for a little bit of context here, Jesus has made an incredible journey. He's traveled an incredible distance to get to this place. Jesus is not like uh, on an afternoon off from his work or his ministry and just happens to come across John the Baptist. He actually intentionally makes his way there. Now, I want you to place yourself in John's position in that moment. Jesus tells him that you should baptize me. And he's not wrong. But the reality is that Jesus then says to him, no, I want you to baptize me. First things first, three really, really quick points. Number one, these portions of scripture demonstrates Jesus's faithfulness. And when we think about the faithfulness of God, we can, anyone who's a Christian can testify that God is good and he is faithful all the time in every season and in every single circumstance. Jesus had a purpose to fulfill. God's word declares that he came to fulfill all righteousness. In a roundabout way, Jesus alludes to the fact that John baptizing him is actually part of Jesus' ministry and his mission, which makes that really important and really significant to us as believers. So why is Jesus asking John to baptize him? Because that would have cut across the cultural norms of the day, the expectation that would have been upon him. Why? Jesus wants to demonstrate his faithfulness to what the Father had commanded him to do. You know, Jesus never did anything that he didn't see his Father do. He didn't stray, he didn't deviate, he didn't adjust the plan or the mission. He honored his Father in everything that he was asked to do. Jesus is indicating to us that both he and John are also being obedient to God and wanting to live in accordance to God's will. But also, Jesus is showing us his humanity and his humility by allowing himself to be baptized by someone who who was operating at that time. He wanted to show his power and his purpose to humanity, to you and to me. His faithfulness radiates right across this story for us. And so my first question for you this afternoon is, are you being faithful with what God has called you to do as a believer? 
I believe these candidates that are getting baptized this afternoon have responded intentionally and purposefully to that call, and they are demonstrating their faithfulness to God. But I want us to take a moment, think about John here. Imagine what must have been going through his mind. Because what John does is my second point, is John recognizes Jesus' lordship. Jesus makes it clear, I need to be baptized by you. In that one moment, in that one moment, that one sentence that John declares, he recognizes the sovereignty and the lordship of Jesus Christ operating in his own life. Today, friends, we need to do the same, amen? We need to recognize the sovereignty and the lordship of Jesus Christ. But Jesus' response to Jesus, uh, John rather, must have completely confused him. He says, let it be so now. It is proper for us to fulfill all righteousness. Do you see, Jesus now uses the word us instead of I. He's bringing John into his own mission and ministry. And that's what Jesus wants for each and every person in humanity, is that we become a part of God's great big story for humanity to be saved, for every knee to bow, every tongue to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, if I'm John, this is a hot mess. I'm not meant to be baptizing you. You're meant to be baptizing me. I don't really know what to say. You're insisting that I do this. You're feeling obliged to honor this man, right? He is troubled. But he, Jesus makes it clear that it's fitting for us. He's choosing to include John in the process. But it's also important that Jesus did not give John an explanation. He knew that John would just walk in obedience. And don't we find that difficult sometimes? Any parents out here, your children are not always obedient. No matter how well raised, no matter how much you instill discipline and love and grace and kindness. And yet right here, right down the middle of one of the greatest stories in the scriptures, we see that John is completely obedient because the final words are very simple. Then John consented. And I just wonder in our own lives, will we be that quick Will there be that level of obedience and immediacy to surrender our own right, to surrender our own way, and recognize and accept the lordship of Jesus Christ in our own lives? Because it's at that point that heaven opens up. Point three, Jesus' deity is clearly on display. Verses 16 and 17 declare, and as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water at that moment. Heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and resting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. I, my mind is blown at this moment. I don't know about you, but I'm thinking, of, if I'm John, my knees are in fellowship because you've now got the Trinity on display in two verses. You've got Jesus, the Son, being baptized. You've got the Holy Spirit descending like a dove, and you've got the audible voice of the Father. I mean, uh, panic. For me, it'd be absolute panic mode. I don't know how I would respond. But what does it show us? It shows us Jesus' deity. Irrevocable proof that although he is three in one, he's also one. The Godhead three in one. Amen? Heaven opened. How many people want an open heaven over their life? How many people want the blessings, the open windows of heaven over their life to see the blessings and favor and goodness of God in their lives? So much of it comes down to obedience. 
God is perfectly unified and perfect in all of his ways. It shows to us that Jesus was man, but he was also much, much more than that. And I pray that there's an open heaven over each and every one of your lives in Jesus' name. And if that isn't conclusive enough, the audible voice of God speaks clearly and concisely. The word of God declares in John 10, my sheep know my voice. Any parent, when you, when any child, any parent, when you call on a family member, you know their voice. You know their voice, they know your voice. And I believe that God wants to bring us into greater, deeper connections and partnerships today as we move forward in the things of God. So what am I really saying? Jesus' baptism is a perfect example to each and every one of us. He demonstrates his commitment. He demonstrates conviction to his calling. He's the son of God, and he came to save each and every one of us from our sins. Baptism is a powerful reminder of who we are. It is your first public step of obedience in your walk with God, and it's been brought to us by God's grace on in power operating in our lives, far beyond our own capacity, our own capabilities, our salvation is secured through God's perfect love to us. But it also reminds us that we can't do it alone. Jesus did not need to be baptized, if you're wondering, if you're a Christian or a non-Christian, quick bit of theology this afternoon. Jesus did not need to be baptized. He was sinless. He is the only person ever to walk the face of the earth and the only person that will ever walk the face of the earth that never sinned. Therefore, he needs no remission of sin. Therefore, he does not need to be baptized. And yet he chose it, quote, to fulfill all righteousness. He was giving us a blueprint. He was giving us an example. We are in the family of God. So everyone here, you've got family and friends that are celebrating you, championing you, supporting you. Recognize you are not alone. Amen? You're in the family of God. Look around. Take a moment, candidates. Turn around and look at all your family and friends that are here on display to support you, to encourage you, to uphold you. Matthew is determined to show us really just two key points this afternoon. Who Jesus really is and why he really came to earth. And so we've captured those two points. And I pray every person under the sound of my voice, at some point in your life, you will hear, this is my son or my daughter whom I love. With him or her, I am well pleased. So a brief bit of homework for you this afternoon, whether you're a Christian or not yet a Christian. Take a moment, explore your commitments. What do you do? How does your life evolve and shape and grow? What, what, what's on your heart? What do you get up for every day? If you're a Christian, examine your commitment to God's mission in your life. He came to transform and change. He didn't come to adjust and modify. He came to totally change and transform us out of darkness into light. The word declares in Ephesians 5 that we were once children of the darkness and now we live as children of the light. Once you're in the light, Darkness has no power, no authority over you. Amen? Once we've experienced God's grace, sin has no authority and no power. We are free. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So that's a word for us. But I also want us to take a moment to examine the lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives. I'm sure if you're even not yet a Christian, you've heard this phrase. This was thrown to me before I was baptized many times. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Jesus did not come to this earth to die 
hang on a cross, be rose again on the third day, for you to punch in at 9 a.m. on a Sunday, be a Christian and punch out again at 10.30. He's a jealous God. He wants all of you all of the time. And if it's surrender, then it has to be total surrender. It can't be I'll surrender Monday through Thursday, Friday through Sunday. That's my own little dream and ambitions. No, if it's surrender, friends, it's full complete surrender. That's the only way that we recognize the sovereignty and the lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives. So I want to leave you with those two questions this afternoon. What are, what are you committed to? What does your life look like? Is a really well-known thought. Show me your diary. Show me your bank statements. I'll tell you who and what's important to you in your life. But also the lordship of Jesus Christ. For some of us here, maybe there are some things that are actually Lord over us. We think we're in control of things, but actually those things are controlling us. Habits, mindsets, addictions, weaknesses, lies, limitations. Maybe today you can think about opening up your heart to the King of kings and the Lord of lords who loves you with an everlasting love, with a love that I can't even begin to quantify to you. It is limitless, it is relentless, it is unconditional. And you know what? It's perfect because he knows the best and the worst about you, and yet he's the one that loves you the most. And there is lots of people in the room where we hide bits and pieces of our lives from people close to us because we're scared about that they might change their level of love towards us if they really knew who we really were. With Jesus, you don't have that problem because he loves you even before you knew him. Amen?